Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back to another episode of Wrestling Around, and for the first time ever, the Wrestling Around pod is going extreme. Joining me today, we've got Lou Markham. Lou, how are you doing? Feeling extreme? Uh, extremely tired after watching that pay-per-view, but we'll get into it in more detail. <laughs> right, okay. Terry Peters, extremely tired or extreme? Extremely okay. Extremely exa- okay. Extremely excited to talk about some not so on others <laughs> i am your host ross markham and like i said we're going back to 1997 for the inaugural ecw pay-per-view barely legal um guys have we had a, a good week have we have we enjoyed it <laughs> lou how about you it's been a you great been week it's been great seeing the wrestling around podcast got global the past week we've had listeners in san jose bluefield west virginia Crown Point, Illinois, Newark, New Jersey, and Portland, Oregon, uh, as well as a big ground sort of support in South Africa. Yeah, there we know. are. So shout out to all our South African fans. Wrestling around, we're taking over. <laughs> we're also massive for some reason in, in Kingston upon Hull as well. I, I can't think why that would be. It, Huge. Good, load of good lads. <laughs> yeah. In Huge. God's big, own country, Yorkshire. Big wrestling town. Terry Peters, uh, what do you make of us going global? Is is the Terry Peters posse t- slowly taking over the world? We are going to become worldwide. We are going to be known as the next big thing. Oh, Peters well. posse is coming to a town near you. There we go. That's um, terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> but for who? That's the question. Oh, God, Christ. <laughs> um, so we went extreme today. Lou, um doesn't seem as, as happy as Terry does. <laughs> Lou, just before we, yeah. we get into the to the meat of it, have you, what's your, your overall outline? Well, first, first thing first, you know, obviously two weeks ago, I uh, I was disgusted at the venue's caring options. Yeah. Um, so what I've done uh, this time is, um, to be prepared, I've Googled the venue and I found the catering options at the current uh, 2300 Arena, formerly known as the ECW Arena. Right, okay. Um. Not as straightforward as I thought, though, which is disappointing. I was able to just find a menu. Um, but now when you private hire it, you can get a, a number of different worldwide cuisines. <laughs> it's exciting. Um, yeah. Which, which is, is it's good for us because it's, we are worldwide now. So. We, are, we are worldwide. So, you know, we can get that uh, the American yeah. cuisine, the South African perfectly. cuisine. 
the uh, I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure there was even like patty and chips on there as well for the, uh, gosh, the fans in Hull. Um, but very impressive um, setup, you know, different catering options, very good. Best so far, would you say? I mean, I'd say so, but it depends. Like, I guess it's what the host picks, isn't it? Like, you know, you're in Philadelphia, so I'm I'm looking at you want cheesesteaks there, really. That's what you. That's what you. That's what the money's at. Is that what you would be picking then, a Philly cheesesteak? Every when you're in Philadelphia, absolutely, yeah. Philly, Philly cheesesteak. Every, every, every meal, yeah, you get it. I'd get a cheese whip, uh, cheese whiz, and uh, and onions. Um, on my cheesesteak. Very important. Nice. You order it like that from uh, from Pat's King of Steaks. But yeah, yeah. Very, very, just very impressive, you know. But bit better than you know, you know, bland nachos. I'm glad we've got that out of the way nice and early on. Terry Peters, um, what was your overall thoughts? Um, let, let's maybe stay away from Gatorade. <laughs> no, well, it as a whole. I can only assume in 1997 there wasn't a lot of catering by the looks of uh, that venue. Um, no, I thought it was a good pay-per-view. I enjoyed it. I think there were some matches that maybe went on a little bit too long, but I thought there were some really good bits. But I did do a little bit of research into this, and unfortunately, it's not as extreme as what it could have been because they had to dull it down a little bit for the pay-per-view networks to actually show the event. Although it's extreme, it's not fully extreme. Maybe about 80% extreme. 80% extreme. They certainly dulled it down in parts. Is that going to be the uh, the tagline? DCW Bell League on 97, 80% extreme. <laughs> Somewhat extreme, not fully extreme. <laughs> right. But let's get right into it. So we've got ECW barely legal in 1997. It is at the ECW arena. It's uh, just over 1,100 in attendance. It's their first ever pay-per-view. From what I believe, it took a while for them to get onto pay-per-view. The, the mass transit incident and it was forever perceived as being, like we just said, too extreme. <laughs> so they did have to dial it down for pay-per-view. Just before we actually get into it, what did we think of the production values, the start? It shows Joey Styles stood in the ring, announcing that this is the first ever, trying to make it seem like a big deal. Did you, Lou, was you impressed with, with the, the presentation of the of the pay-per-view? I think the, the production values on this podcast are probably better than um, this ECW pay-per-view. So, uh, that, some would say they're better than, than most <laughs> pay-per-views that we've watched. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, pretty professional. It was okay. It was... Joey Styles on his own was an odd choice. Um, I'll get into that as it goes on. Obviously, it's different from what we've been used to, especially on the WCW ones. There was just a few, just a few weird things of like when he showed like a graphic on screen, and then they just put it in the wrong place for like half an inch, so you could still see the the camera went behind it and stuff. Uh, I know that as we were going through. It looked very. I mean, it was the middle of the nineties, but I think it looked like one of those like rudimentary uh, Windows Movie Maker type things where yeah, they kind of just put it across it. It was a small company, and I guess like with you know with the internet these days, you can you can do more quickly. Yeah. So like companies in the swim positions now like kind of I can't think of ask us having a run, but that's a bit bigger than now. But like right, WCPW or Defiant Wrestling always looked slightly more professional than this. But I guess that's because you know we're 23 years on and there's there's more technology. So yeah, it looked okay. It looked I guess part of its charm though was it, it was like well more gritty and less polished than uh, WCW and. And the WWF at the time, so I guess that's kind of part of its charm to its its hardcore fans. But looking at it, it was never going to be a fed promotion. It was never going to be on the same level. But it was like the kind of cool alternative. Yeah, there was a, a lot of similarities I thought with NXT. And one of the big things that I noticed was uh, this is 
This is part of Paul Heyman's genius. The crowd immediately start chanting EC dub, EC dub. And for me, the, it, it's absolutely genius because they don't care who's on. It doesn't matter who you've got there. No star has got power yeah. because it's all about the brand. Would you, would you, um, what do you think of that, Terry? Do you think it's all about the brand? Do you think Paul Heyman's genius? I agree. Every time, every, every time you hear someone mention about ECW, everyone says it was just one big family. And I think that comes through. I think the crowd were totally on board with everything that was going on. Then you knew who the the heels were, you knew who the faces were, just on the production values. I think that again, like you said, Lou, that is the charm of it that it had low production values, but it felt very underground, and that's why it's so everyone likes it so much and rem- remembers it so fondly even now. Right, so we we start with Joey Styles in the ring, he's introducing it, and then um, he's rudely interrupted by the Dudley Boys. <laughs> They're immediately booed, and it. One of the things I was impressed with all the way through, you just mentioned it there, Terry, was the heels didn't try. Sell merch. They, they were heels, and heels for arm front. The boys are just getting absolutely booed with pelters. And then they come out. Joel Gertner, um, he's an interesting character, isn't he? <laughs> the guy with no shirt. He, he, introduced, he introduces the Dudleys, and maybe my favourite Dudley of all time goes under the radar. Sign Guy Dudley. <laughs> Peters, what were your thoughts on on this iteration of Dudley Boys? Obviously, this is sort of two years before they become one of the the best tag teams of all time. What did you make of them? Well, you can tell that the again, like we've just said, that the completely the heel team here. Obviously, I don't know what they've done leading up to to be like that, but I think when you look at them, this is how you I see them in ECW. The Dudley Suck chant, there was fuck you, Devon chants. It was just completely unexpected with what you associate with the Dudley boys from what they would be in three years time going going forward right so the Dudley boys are there because they're taking part of the the first match they're the current ECW tag team champions uh their opponents are the eliminators Perry Saturn and John Cronus Lou any thoughts on, on initial thoughts on the eliminators Perry Saturn had more hair than I remembered I thought he looked good all the way through. I yeah. thought Perry Saturn looked good I- it's like I can't good... believe how young he looked. Yeah, it looks it looks in good shape. You could see why they, they thought he had potential. Obviously, like you know, you know, five years on from this, he was necking on with a mop in uh, WWF. But at the, <laughs> yeah. at the time, um, yeah, you could see why he had potential. He did he did look really good. So they come out immediately. Uh, Sand guy, great great picks. <laughs> that, that's literally his name, Sand guy Dudley. <laughs> he comes in with a distraction, gets hit with a total elimination. Straight away, and it was pretty. I was surprised actually. From what you know about the Dudley Boys now, it was um, sort of how one-sided it was towards the Eliminators. It was, it was, in my opinion, a bit of a glorified squash match. Um, there were some good spots in there though. Sat on with the moonsaults on outside. I think then Cronus went and did the moonsaults outside. It was a pretty much just these are the moves we know about the Eliminators. Let's throw them all at the Dudleys. Yeah, Lou, did you enjoy the match? It was it was good. I imagine it's one of those matches, and the, this goes for the whole event as well. If you're in the crowd, it would be bloody brilliant. I think sometimes it doesn't always translate onto TV. Yeah. Um, the biggest note that I had for it was just it was spotty. There was just kind of times where it looked like the, one of the Dudley boys was waiting for the one to get beat up. Yeah. So they could they could walk in and just get kicked in the head as well. Um, so it was a bit like as a match, it didn't really flow, but obviously the crowd like bloody loved it. I imagine if you were there, 
if you're a big ECW fan, it's like the first pay per view. It's a big, it's a big deal anyway. Um, yeah. And so just to kind of get this kind of ass kicking on the heels straight off the bat, it's probably a really good way to start it for the crowd. I think it, yeah, a lot of the way through it, kind of for me, you can imagine it was great there live, but it didn't always necessarily translate translate well into great TV. But yeah, it was it was a good match. Yeah, very very spotty. It's not going to be a five star classic anytime soon. I'm not sure what Meltzer gave it, but an enjoyable opener. Yeah, I thought it was a good way to open. And like you say, I think your first ever pay-per-view, you want the good guys to beat the bad guys, don't you? That's, yeah. that's the way it's going to be. So the uh, the Cronus, it's a, a 4.50 splash on Devon. wasn't the finish. <laughs> the Eliminators then hit a total elimination onto Bubba Ray, sat and pins him for the win. They're the new tag team champions until the same Mr. Joe Gettner comes into the ring and announces that the Dudleys have won 86-83. By the stud muffin scoring system. Peters, would you say that was a fair result, 86 to 83? I, I thought it would be more than that, to be honest with you. I thought it was about 89, 83. I, I don't know where he's got that 86 from. I, I want to check those scorecards. <laughs> so, Joe Gardner gets hit with a total elimination. Uh, the match only goes six minutes, but um, Peters, would you say that was a, a good way to open the show? I think it it was a good way to open it. I thought the eliminators for two big guys were very athletic, though, which gets the crowd on the feet, which... It, it's not something that, although there was a lot of athletic people in ECW, you wouldn't have associated these two just by looking at them as athletic. I, the one thing I did pick up with throughout the, the pay-per-view in, in this match, there seems to be a lot of moves where it's called where their name is in the move title, which is I find a bit weird. Just call it by its proper name. But no, like I say, I thought it was a really good match to open, really got the crowd involved. Probably could have done with a couple of minutes more, really, I think, just to... Cement it in the card a bit. Yeah, so, so you think this match could have done with some more because there's some other ones later on that definitely could have had a bit, yeah. <laughs> a bit of time shaved off. Like, like, like the rest of the card. <laughs> Look, I, we'll get there, Luke. I mean, that, that, that's strong, harsh words. Quick into this recording. Yeah. So a, sol- a solid opening. We've got new ECW Tag Champions, the Eliminators. Then moves on to Joey Styles introducing a Sandman video. I think we said last week Sandman's sort of one of our favourite entrances because of Metallica. WWE yeah. Network now. I'm assuming the the song that was was pumped in over the top. It didn't really add anything for me that that little video. <laughs> I, I've got a I've got a few issues with this. Yeah. Mainly, so not the you know the, the dubbed in music. Fine, it happened for all the way throughout the show, as you yeah. can tell. Very generic music. That's fine. I don't, you know I don't really care. Joey Styles. The fuck is up with this guy in this show, right? One, how big's his suit? <laughs> What's he doing? I don't think there was skinny suits in 1997, though. Yeah, like I think that now. was just that was yeah, just yeah, the fashion, wasn't it? It's not even like you know, it doesn't have to be a skinny suit, but just like a suit that like actually fits. The guy looks ridiculous. Joey Styles is quite young, though, isn't he? Yeah, um, he's really young at this point. Yeah. You don't realize how young he actually was when he was in ECW. So, so he probably borrowed his dad's suit, is what I'm saying. His suit and it kind of you know, to grow into. Yeah, his mum probably said, oh, make sure you wear that. And he's like, oh, I don't want to, it's too big. Well, well this to... is the thing, like, he had a bit of a, he's a bit arrogant for me, Joey Styles, a bit of attitude about him. Yeah, it's about him, he's smoking a bit off. Well, just, just about Joey Styles, though, he's, he was sort of smug about ECW. I oh, know, just in this show, just all the way through. It's like, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I'm Joey Styles. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> and the camera keeps moving in and out like it's some sort of gangster. That's a so right. Not fine. You fade up already. This is the one. Apart from distracting. Apart from uh, Nacho Gate in the <laughs> in episode number yeah. two, this is the most fired up we've seen. Yeah. 
Well, you he know, twenty five at this point, Joey Styles. Twenty five years old. So he's young then in wrestling terms, isn't he? Yeah. Considering ECW would have been going, was it like ninety four and something like that? When ninety three, yeah. Ninety three. Yeah, he must have been doing it. He's been doing it since then. Right then, Lou. So you weren't impressed with the, the Sandman video, but we we move on to a, a Chris Candido promo. Yeah, he was scheduled to face Landstorm, but he's torn his bicep. What did you think of this promo, Lou? Uh, it went on for too long. Unnecessary? Yeah, it's, it was kind of nice to get him on the show. It's kind of, you know, like, it's a big deal. I mean, the first pay-per-view, you want it to remember. Like, obviously, people are still talking about it 23 years later. So you want your big stars on there. You want to get the payday. But, yeah, it just went on for too Like, it was, a, it was a recurring theme. Like, I know, like, there's always this debate about scripted and unscripted promos, like, in wrestling, especially today. It goes on a lot. Sometimes you need a script just to tell people when to stop. A lot of these were like, oh, yeah, okay, good, good point, mate, yeah, good promo. And he goes, I didn't know everything. And you're like, oh, for crying out loud. And it happened like three or four times during the show. Um, I think Taz's was the other one where I was like, oh, yeah, nice promo, mate. Um, and then it's just like, yeah, five minutes later, I'm like, okay, cool, this promo's still going on. Um, so, yeah, it just went on a bit too long for me. But, again, recurring theme throughout the show. Not a lot of structure compared to some of the WWF shows and yeah. the WCW shows at the time, which I guess, again, was the appeal. Yeah, but but for me, sometimes you need a little bit of structure. So Chris Candido promises that um, he's not going to be in this match, but he'll make him his presence known later on in the pay per view. He's interrupted by Lance Storm, who comes out and shakes Candido's hand. And uh, Terry Peters, I believe you've got uh, you 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 impressed with Lance Storm's attire? His hair, <laughs> his hair, that blonde ponytail thing was. <laughs> A rat oh, rat rat yeah, rat yeah, I was trying to be polite to be fair. Yeah, it's it's a complete work of art. Um just just rewinding back a minute, going back to Coast Candino, he mentions that he was actually at WrestleMania in ninety six with Dr. Tom and Sonny. And I've just, I had a look, they actually beat the Godwins for the tag titles in the WrestleMania pre show in ninety six. Did they really? Because I believe yeah. Sonny um managed Chris Candido in ECW later on. Well, they, uh, they, were, they were married, weren't they? Weren't they married? They mar- was they? I don't Maybe, know. Possibly. Don't know. Don't know. Chris Candida. I believe they were married. Let me Google. I, mean, I know I've got a bad track record of Googling on the show. Christ. <laughs> but I'm going to I'm gonna Google it. But he doesn't actually mention a name. He says, he says be- with the Doctor and then with that other one. I'm guessing because um, at the time she's probably still employed by WWF. Yeah, but I thought Dr. Tom would have been as well, maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, you, to be fair, there's a, there's a slide nigger Bruce preacher, I don't know. <laughs> I noticed this was the first of quite a few mentions of, well, WWE and sort of Monday Night Wrestling in general, anyway. So I, I think that throughout the show. I think at this but they time, were doing that that link up thing, weren't they? Yeah, these. So are, I think RVD had been on Raw very yeah. previously, which we'll get to when we get there. Yeah, so I think at, at this time of ECW's history, there was they had the unofficial. WWE were paying ECW, but there wasn't. But it sort of linked. It was like a talent sharing thing almost, wasn't it? Yeah, because I, I seem to remember two called Scorpio. Yeah, on, on it quite a lot as well around this time. I think Al Snow went. Um, Al Snow went back and forth between the two brands, didn't he? But um, I think they'd already done their invasion. I think you know where Sabo jumps off the R or falls off the R. <laughs> pick, pick one of the two of the choices. Yeah, I, I think it was more fall than jump. Yeah, I was going to say it's probably more of a fall. Um, but they yeah, were in a lo- they were in a long-term relationship. I don't think they're actually married. 
Chris Candide and Sonny, not ECW and, and WWF. <laughs> I think they also have a long-term relationship. <laughs> but not actually married. <laughs> well, they are now, because it's the same company, I guess. Now. Yeah, that is, well, yeah. yeah, yeah but is a, is, well, that's, can you call it a marriage if one got bought by the other? It all comes full circle. <laughs> <laughs> right, so uh, back, to, back to wrestling. <laughs> Lance Storm's now in the ring, rat tail and all. Blonde rat tail and all. And he's <laughs> flat top as well, on top of it. That's a bit better. What made it better? Because well, Peter's at the beginning was like, oh, Chris, um, Lance Storm's hair is amazing in this. And I, he came out and I thought, oh, yeah, really sweet flat top of that, bro. And then <laughs> turns around and there's just that thing hanging off the back. Another, another week, another mullet. Three mullets in three weeks. It is good. Would you have one of them, Peter's? No, I ain't got enough hair these days. Because so. obviously you couldn't, you couldn't have the flat top. <laughs> you could definitely could, have the rat tail at the I back. You could have the rat tail, the blonde rat tail. Yeah, there we go then. Um, if we get 10,000 reviews before the next episode is released, Terry Peters will grow a blonde rat tail. <laughs> well, considering I've now got to stay home for the next 12 weeks, a rat tail could well be on the cards. All right, exactly. Exactly. There's, the there's no repercussions. Just do it anyway. Do it for charity. All right then. So we'll start it now. Forget Peter's rat t- charity rat tail. <laughs> forget 10,000. <laughs> if we get 10 reviews, <laughs> Terry Peters will grow a bright blonde rat tail. I'll personally cut it for him. <laughs> <laughs> not out of mouse for 12 weeks this would be Bam. essential <laughs> justgiving.com forward slash Terry Peters Radtail let's get, let's get that set up let's get that, yeah, let's get that don't, go, don't go on it yet it's not there but you know it might be <laughs> we will. In the, next, the next 12 weeks Peters is going to go a sweet Radtail you have all the money going to the NHS that sounds fantastic oh, absolutely great right <laughs> right so we've got Lance Time, this sweet rat tail, coming to Terry Peters near you very soon. <laughs> Taking on RVD. Sort of a, a weird match, this. Um, RVD was obviously not what I liked. He's, uh, he's a good heel for me, RVD, especially at this time. Lance Storm, they put very much pushing. He's the sort of young up-and-comer. Still still looks serious, doesn't he? You can't, you can't shake that. I could be serious for a second. Yeah. <laughs> Great stuff. What did you think of the match, Lou? Did you like this kind of wrestling? It was more technical than what you, I guess you'd imagine would be on an ECW show. It, it was, yeah. It was, it was, it was actually a good match. Yeah, I did write down that at times it was spotty, which I also had a lot of previous matches as well. Two matches it's in a, a running theme, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, there's a there's a few like you know get your shit and stuff. And again, like if you're there live, I think this this stuff's absolutely brilliant. I do always find it weird though, like when the the heels got the more exciting style. Yeah, baby face. It's just like even even now it's like. RVD's like basically going to the fans like you all suck. Um, I'm just waiting for WWF to sign me, and all the fans like some of the, well half the fans like yeah, and I just uh, well, it takes you at the moment, doesn't it? You know you know how I feel about that. The baby face and the heel, you need to respect it in my opinion. So I do find that a bit weird, but yeah, like obviously like RVD's very very good. Obviously yes. Lance Storm is, is technically uh, sound, very very good as well. So yeah, like it's it's a good match and what you expect out of these two. Yeah, Peters, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I really like this match, actually. Um, I thought two styles worked quite well. And I know, like you, you just said, Lou, it's weird for the... I think, I don't know, one of you just said it, it's weird for the heel to be the more athletic one. But I think when you look at them, they worked well because Lance Storm was trying to neutralise a lot of it. The only thing that I did pick up with, Lance Storm's chair shops looked very weak. They I'm didn't look brought... like they had a power in them. I'm glad you brought that up because... Um... They, they were weak, but I thought it was very uncomfortable when the crowd booed him 
for a weak chair shot today. Yeah. What we know now, mm. it doesn't age very well, does it? But do we think they're maybe told to turn down the from what we were saying earlier? Obviously, that the eighty percent extreme, that um, they've maybe not doing as many hit chair shots or as powerful chair shots as what they would do normally. Possibly, but I mean, you could have put a bit more. Well, so they did. Like yeah, to say, a bit more did. salt and pepper on them, couldn't you? No, I don't, um, I don't think they cared about ECW at this point, as you'll probably see in the main event. Um, yeah, well, yeah. I just think, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah I, I think Lance Storm probably cared. Yeah, Lance Storm yeah. probably knew. He seems like an intelligent bloke. Um, so I think he he probably cared, but I don't. I doubt ECW did at all, given the company as it was at the time and the fans certainly didn't. Well, I could I can see. From this match as well, like why RVD was so popular, he sort of going forward as well, especially in the future, because when he was in WWE later on, was not like anything else really. And now in 2020, we're sort of getting a bit more of that style where it's quite revolutionary for its time. Another bit of dodgy commentary I picked up on was I can't remember who fell to the outside, but Joey Styles said it's there's no pretty blue maps here. Um, they say Disney World, so I can only assume that was a cheap pop at WCW. Yeah, I don't think they've ever got on of the WCW and ECW. But Heyman was fired from WCW, wasn't he? So yeah, that's probably one of the main reasons. Just going back to RVD style, I don't, I don't think he needed. The, he did a lot of moves with the chairs, the Van Daminator, and so I don't think he needs the chair shots. Um, I think RVD sounds exciting enough as it is. I don't, I don't think he needs to, to ruin that out, but there's. Uh, interestingly, uh, Storm kicked out of a, a frog splash. I'm not sure if that was his finisher at the time, but definitely was moving forward. That appeared more of a transitional move in the match, though. Yeah, it was it was odd, considering what the finish was. Well, he hit him with a Van Daminator, and then there was a standing moonsault. I think the frog yeah. splash is a, bit, is a bit better than that. But after the match, RVD uh, does a promo saying he doesn't care about anybody's respect. Was this Lance Storm tried to shake his hand, didn't he? And uh, RVD didn't want having yeah. any of it, saying yeah. that they don't have to shake your hand. He, he was he got sort of complaining that he, he should have been on the show from the start, not just because Chris Candido got injured. He basically, he don't want to be in ECW at this point, does he? He don't care about anybody else, he cares about himself. He was on well, he the says, show because he, he says, a bit um, more valuable, didn't he? I was going to say, he says he's worth more money here and elsewhere, which is obviously referring to his timing going to Raw. Yeah. Um, so this match went 10 minutes again I like the, the match previously I thought this match could have gone longer and some of the other matches definitely could have had, had a bit of time shaved off but after this match we go into what they're heavily pushing as an international match and we have got the latest uh, branch of the BWO BWO Japan <laughs> which is Takamichi Noku Terry Boy and, and Lou's favourite Dick to go <laughs> <laughs> against uh, the great Sasuke, Grand Hamada, and uh, Masoto Yakushuji. Yakushuji. I'm glad you're attempting that. Yakushuji. Masoto Yakushuji. Apologies, Mr. Masoto, for butchering your name there. <laughs> First of all, BWO Japan. Are we fans? <laughs> Dig to go. Incredible. <laughs> I like the, how they were playing it off as Dick Togo as well, not which is obviously just even better than Dick Togo. Uh, just a dick dressed in a Togo is quite the uh, thought as well. Is, is, it, is that what Dick Togo was it, Piers? <laughs> Who the fuck can Ellie think of that? 
<laughs> I definitely it hasn't crossed my mind so about two seconds ago when you just mentioned it. <laughs> there you go. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That is the mind of Terry Peters. <laughs> the weird, um, le- the weird workings. Yeah. So they, they sort of build it as a as a match that ECW had never seen before. Um, I think he, at one point he said it was a sort of a style of lucha libre and, and hard hitting match, which you know that is yeah. what Japanese wrestling, isn't it? Stream was on arrival. That's something you see in, in the ECW. Definitely you see it in Japan. Uh, I think Ring of Honor did it for a while, didn't they? Yeah, pro- we all went to Ring of Honor. Yeah. It does give it a more international feel. Um, it's, yeah, it's cool. If it doesn't happen every match, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, and, I remember when um, Finn Balor had it in the Beast in the East. Yeah. I think that was the first time I saw it. And I was like, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. It yeah. does bring a different flair to the match because, like you say, it makes it stand out a little bit more as well. Yeah. Yeah. Although I noticed the ref did struggle with what getting rid of one of those bloody streamers could not get it from stuck under his feet. <laughs> well, there's always one after the first day's late, and they, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, yeah. they clean it up, and then there's some, oh, another streamer pops in. We'll we'll get to how they uh, tidied up the streamers. Um, yeah. <laughs> towards the end of the show, but we'll we'll put a pin in that. First things, Yaku Shiji, very questionable attire. Lou, uh, Lance Storm's rat tail, or um, this sort of Power Rangers green outfit. I think I'd go with the Power Rangers. Did you? I've had to choose. Yeah. In fact, you know, when if Peter's grows his rat tail for 12 weeks, I will do that show dressed as a Power Ranger. That, that is brave. Very brave. Yeah. So there we go, guys. I mean, it's a, it's, a pod, it's a podcast, so he's going to see it, but that is what I promise. It'll be the first video on the Wrestling Around YouTube channel. Will be Dave <laughs> Peters with a rat tail and Lou <laughs> dressed as a Power Ranger. I think you've got the worst, um, the worst end of the deal there, though, I think. That's not permanent, there, is it? Yeah. <laughs> if I need is a rat tail. The pictures will be. The pictures will be forever. <laughs> <laughs> Just picking up on the Power Ranger thing, I did notice the crowd were chanting Power Ranger at him as well. Yeah, you got to feel a bit sorry for him. I mean, that guy is the only guy in the match who didn't have a Wikipedia article. Uh, oh, so, so um, he was only 23 years old. <laughs> But, uh, What's it? 23 years old and he um he started his career at 19. He was he was he was a late inset for um another Japanese wrestler, wasn't he? What was his name? It escapes me. Funaki. <laughs> I don't think it was Funaki. Funaki. Indeed. Yep. Simple. Okay. <laughs> well, that's me, but <laughs> we'll, move, we'll move on anyhow. Um. What did we think of the match? Yeah, at the time, this was like noted down as an instant classic, but I thought the crowd was pretty dead. I don't think the crowd knew what to do throughout it. Yeah, it's like we were talking like last week in a bit of detail about like sometimes you need the heat. Um, yeah. And I think this is sometimes where like some wrestling critics star rating systems, not to pick out any wrestling critic in particular, are like are letter grading. I feel like you you can't ignore the crowd. I really yeah. I really don't think you can. Like you're gonna tell me this is like a five star classic, but then like you know Rock versus Hogan isn't. I'm not buying it. I it, it was like a good match. And obviously, were, some of the the BWO's female offense was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I can't remember who it was they were posing on at one point, but two of them were holding up and the other guy was just stood on top of him. I thought that was absolutely fantastic. And it was it was a good match, but like an instant classic. Like I'm not gonna remember this tomorrow. Yeah. To be honest. Um, I mean, that's mainly you know for the eight pack of red strap I'm drinking during the show, <laughs> but also because it just 
was it was a good it was a good match, but it so little. I didn't, bit, so I didn't care about anyone in there. Like you know, the only one I'd heard of was Takamichi Noku. Yeah, just, you need to care about the characters in there to care about the match. I think. Yeah, Peters, would you sort of echo them thoughts? Or yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. I think, like you say, it went maybe three, four minutes too long for me. I think the crowd it went 16, back, 16 minutes. It went. Yeah, it, it's quite a long match. I think the crowd, once you've seen, it was very samey towards the end. I think the crowd was starting to tire of it a bit, which is why it probably should have been wrapped up a little bit before. Um, I did like the the trio work by the international branch of the the BWR I thought it was very clever in some of the moves that they did and the sequence they pulled off although what I did notice was some more dodgy refereeing in this match so someone would go out sort of attack someone from the outside another member would come in and then score a pinfall or try to score a pinfall even though it wasn't the legal man interestingly they did bring in a Japanese ref didn't they yeah so I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know if that's maybe if that's maybe common in Japan at this time, I, d- I don't really know. I don't but think I rules know. mattered at all on this pay-per-view. No, either. well, <laughs> it, it is definitely in Mexico. It happens all the time, like to the yeah. point where it's, to the point where it's frustrating. And well, is, as well. so they get that with the um, lucha house party rules. Oh yeah, in the WWF, WWE, <sighs> just it's a free for all in it. I um, I noticed as well that Joe Styles said on just about Takamichi Noku. People can't say enough about this young man and the future he'll have in this sport, which is quite interesting to see how he ended up in WWE. Sort of when he ended up over there. I don't know, obviously, what his career went after that particularly, but he, he he made it... Well, he didn't make it to the top, but he made it to the top company, didn't he? And he won titles there, so... I yeah, mean, well, just for far. context, like, a year, a year later, he was he was chopping Valley his dick off. I think it's... Um... Widely regarded, though, that it was misshoes in WWE, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, chopping. Yeah. Choppy, choppy, chopping, choppy. Chopping knobs off, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, so, you, I think, did he own his own company, Michinoku Pro Wrestling, or one of his family members owned it? I presume it must have been related to him. Yeah, he was yeah. A, a top guy there, wasn't he? So, yeah. I think his career in Japan was a lot different at the than it was in, in the US. Yeah. I think he was definitely well sought after, wasn't he? Yeah. Because apparently only only Takamichi no can use a samurai sword to cough <laughs> a porn star's penis. It <laughs> was no, unfortunate no, shrinkage and he lost and he missed it. Was he even in, was he even in Kainta at the time? Uh, yes, yes, I'm sure it was Kainta. I think it, it was Kainta under a different sort of branch. I don't was it was it? Was it Yamaguchi? Yeah, yeah so Yamaguchi son. Ah, he joined. He joined the week after. All oh, right. Was, uh, uh, he wasn't even in it at the time. So, um, if you're listening, Taka, which we know you are, um, oh, sorry about that. that. Yeah. <laughs> he, he turned on. He turned on Valvinus the week after. Yeah. Well, as you would. Um, because Mrs. Yamaguchi was his sister. Right. There we go. Yeah. Takamichi no never cut a knob off <laughs> on TV. I think, <laughs> I think that couple of minutes just sums up 90s wrestling. <laughs> if that's not Vince Russo, <laughs> I'd be very shocked on you. Yes, right, to, to get back to the, to the match at hand, because uh, like all these cheers, I think we're going on a bit too long. <laughs> yeah. um, great Sasuke pins Takamichi Noko with a Tiger Suplex. Yeah, good match. Too long for me. 16 minutes. Could have could have done this in 12. Similar result. Um, yeah, and then, we... and then it just carried on a bit afterwards as well. And I was like, just why? Yeah. Go inside. Yeah, th- th- I think so, yeah, that... Behave yourself. 
one of the big things, um, because, right, yeah, they can do that in the crowd. And say WWF, obviously wrestlers don't just disappear out of the ring, like it's not a game. But they'll show a, pa- a video package. Whereas today, on this show, they just show them in the ring and then show the video package. So I think yeah. they could a bit sort of smoother editing. They could have uh, could have edited, you know, probably made some matches go a bit longer. We do go into a video package of Stevie Richards, and I know the music has been put in by WWE, but did you not think it sounded really, really out of place for the promo he was cutting? Uh, I just couldn't hear what he was saying. It, yeah, it, it was really too loud. But this this promo was just too long. Like this, this is a recurring theme. Like it just you don't need a promo most of the time to go for like thirty seconds, but this was just went on for ages. It's like okay, we get it, we get yeah. it, but now I just don't care. When he had his head down before he flicked his hair up, I actually thought he looked a bit like Adam Cole. And then obviously he flicked his hair back and revealed the goatee and looked nothing like Adam Cole no more. Yeah. Um, so you just you just saw a long haired wrestler. Have you ever seen Big Stevie Cole and Adam Cole in the same room? Um, just throwing that one out there. Maybe. Might have happened. Well, I've never <laughs> seen it with my eyes, so I'm going with it. Didn't happen. <laughs> so you're going big Steve, even though they look nothing alike. You're saying Adam Cole and Stevie Richards are the same person. <laughs> yes. Right. Okay. Based on that two seconds alone of the start of this video package. Just because. Just because they both got shoulder length hair. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. Side so, note: I look like Adam Cole. I think. Um, no, your hair's too long. I has too long. Okay, fine. Maybe, maybe because um, it's hard to tell in it because there's only one wrestler who doesn't have wet long hair, and that's AJ Styles. All other all yeah. other wrestlers is like if the hair goes above your ear, you yeah. have to have it soaking wet. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. I mean, look at Roman Reigns. The man just must get a bucket of water chucked at him <laughs> before he walks out. You know what I mean? It looks so glossy and fantastic. Yeah, there must be a reason for it because everyone does it. I might do that on my rat tail when I go to work. Just make it really nice. To be fair, fancy. I'm saying that Lance Storm's rat tail was not soaking wet. No, it wasn't. No, it was it was, a... Maybe I could start that than the glossy rat tail. That could there be the new style. You see, every match, this is getting more and more to it, isn't it? It's now, are you, you, you going to bleach us, Piers? Oh, absolutely not. I think yeah. that's, a, that's a given, I think, isn't it? I thought it was part of the deal. I thought that was, that was part of it. Ugh. That, yep, that yep, says yes to me. <laughs> yeah. Peters, anyhow, it's not your choice. If you don't do it, you hate charity. So, <laughs> so, so there we go. Wait, we give him bloody money to himself. <laughs> it's true. Um, yeah, so the Stevie Richards promo was uh, basically how he's not taken seriously. He's now in the, the upcoming number one contenders match. And then right at the end... He's, he's saying he wants to be taken seriously, and then we get the blue guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, yeah, he, he was the thing. He was there. <laughs> the blue guy of the uh, of the NW, uh, BWO, sorry. And then we move into uh, a match, and it's Shane Douglas, the ECW TV champion. He's accompanied by Francine, and he's facing Pitbull number two. Now, there's a lot surrounding this match. <laughs> there is a lot. So, Shane Douglas previously had um, had a, a last-man-standing match, I believe, with Pitbull number one, uh, Gary Wolf. Douglas broke Pitbull number one's neck with the help of Francine in the ropes, I believe. The tight on the ropes mm-hmm. around the neck, broke his neck. He was at ringside with... Uh, 
It's either the neck brace on and all that. <laughs> Knuckles will be facing Pitbull number two, whose name I cannot remember. <laughs> but yeah, let's just go with Pitbull two. That's what it was calling him. Uh, Francine, Shane Douglas's manager, was a former manager of the Pitbulls before she turned on them like a year prior, or definitely in 95, to then align herself with Shane Douglas. Anthony Durant. Anthony Durant, Pitbull number two. Rest in peace. Yeah, God rest his soul. And then Shane Douglas comes out surrounded by riot guards because we talked about nuclear heat with the Dudley boys. Shane Douglas had a lot, a lot of heat. In this match. So this match is not only for the ECW TV Championship, but we're still with us. Uh, if Douglas wins, there is a masked man who must be revealed. Now, Joey Styles on commentary would have you believe this masked man is the ravishing Rick Rude. But we don't know who it is. So if Shane Douglas wins, this mysterious masked man will be revealed. This match um, was on the show. <laughs> that's all I can say about it really I have a few criticisms before I come to your two's opinions um, my first criticism is uh, Pitbull number two comes out and he's having this match because Shane Douglas has broke his friend his tag team partner's neck you would be annoyed wouldn't you I think that's a given you'd be annoyed that you, but your mate's neck has been broken so Pitbull number two comes out and immediately puts him into a chin lock I mean, come on. What we what we playing at there? It, all this heat that they've just built up. And the first move they do is a wrestle. <laughs> and and the music went on too long, I thought, as well. While he was in the headlock, somebody backstage clearly forgot to press stop on the music. Lou, what were your thoughts on Shane Douglas versus Pitbull number two? So Pitbull number two was also... Skullduggery from Exposed Pro Wrestling's Greatest Secrets, which I believe was on Channel 5. Was he really? Is that with yeah. the granny? Where it showed you kind of how the. Um, yeah, with that granny tipped yeah. up. That, yeah. Yeah, that was him. That's right. my biggest takeaway on this match. But yeah, yeah, no, this match went on for far too long. I think the crowd may have been trying to bore in at some point, but I may just. In- um, I may have just imagined that because that's why no, I was. Thinking. No, I think they did. I think they did. Especially. Yeah. It just went on for a bit too long. It's like, you know, Shane Douglas just wasn't very good. Um, I know everyone's like, you know, it's a franchise of ECW or not, but, you know. It's, I feel like you can get away with that gimmick of like, yeah, I'm the big, the best one in this here if you don't go to one of the big companies. But if you go to a big company and fail there... Both big companies. You fail I think, big yeah, companies. And, I, and I think that when you go back... Although I hadn't been to ECW at this point. That was later on, I think. Right. But I think if you go back after being like Dean Douglas or everyone's, it's hard to pull off the gimmick of like, I'm the greatest wrestler here because... You were just some daft school teacher who took a title out of bin in WWF like a year, year earlier. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, what I what I did notice, which I think is you know unheard of that anyone else has noticed this, was that the attire that Rick Rude was wearing was what Edge was wearing at Raw Night Stand 2006. And Mate, I never. We haven't got there yet, so put the pin in that. Yeah, I'll put a pin in that one. I know you've you've found yeah. the facts and you wanted to get it in nice and early. That's a, I found a call. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll come. All right. That's fine. Leave that there. Beans, what was your opinion on the Shane Douglas Pitbull number two match? Just it went on far too long. I don't know, maybe twenty 10, minutes. Twenty minutes. 10, well, yeah, twenty minutes too long. Um, ten, twelve minutes. Sorry, ten, eight minutes long. I want a fan of working the net. Do you know what I mean? It, if 
to break in an attempt yeah, to break it, somebody else's neck. Do you know what I mean? It, it putting just, headlocks on to sort of break Shinbuckles' neck. Yeah. yeah it, I didn't. I wasn't a fan of it. Although I did think, to be fair, when Pitbull tosses Shane Douglas over the top ropes backwards in through a table, takes some trust on Douglas's part. Because if uh, if that yeah. was me, I'd be shitting myself. It did. But do you know what the most annoying thing about that was? What, a minute prior to that, Shane Douglas come off the top rope and he was caught midair and then Pitbull just gently placed him down and punched him and then threw him out. Why did you why did you need to put him down? Well, I've pit pits when this when they brought the weapons in. So they brought the brass knuckles in, which usually in wrestling terms finishes a match, doesn't it? As a heel way of finishing a match and a title belt. And he just kicks out. Yeah. Just completely kicks out. And you're thinking, well, that devalues the strength of that weapon and you don't take them seriously. Yeah, because it, it just seemed odd to me doing that. And then they did. there was a spot where they got a guardrail out and Shane Douglas goes to do like an atomic drop on Pitbull on the guardrail, but it, oh, it kicks out. Yeah. And then he just sort of drops him on it and that looks bad. And then just kicks him in, headbutts him in the bollocks anyway. There was, yeah. was a lot of um, random no-selling, I thought, from Pitbull. Yeah. I don't know if that was their gimmick. I don't know a right lot about the Pitbulls. No, I don't know a lot about so, them. I, I could tell you a bit more about the Pitbulls. Go on. Pitbull number one, Gary Wolf, was brute force in Exposed Professor's Greatest Secrets. <laughs> so there we go. And interestingly, Christopher Daniels was in there. A sliver. Who's there? Because hmm. yeah, Kid Cash, yeah. when he and went Adam, to... Adam Pierce, he was also in it. When Kid Cash went to WWE, he had a sort of similar gimmick, didn't he, with the chains around his neck? Was he one, one of the Pitbulls at some point? Him and Jeremy Noble. Was, yeah. Yeah, they were called Pitbulls, weren't they? All the Pitbulls. Yeah, my Google is back on point this week. I'm going to get on it. Um, But yeah, the, the guardrail when he kicked it over. Yeah, but um, sorry, I was just saying, Pitbull, there was a lot of no, random no-selling, so you've just been beaten up for the first half of the match, and now you're no-selling. You know what I mean? Come on. Yeah, it, it just didn't sit right with me as as a match. This it was like a match of two halves. It it, it was just odd. Um, and then to finish it with a belly to belly suplex after using all these weapons, it it was just a bizarre end to it as well. Just yeah, not not good for me this one. Yeah, so Francine and Douglas the brass knocks eats him with the brass eats him with the brass knocks eats him with the title belt, and then he tries to get a chain out of his boot. Uh, nothing really happens with it. Candido comes out um, to be fair, he's hit by Pitbull so who's got the chain out the boat. So Candido is part of Triple Threat with Brian Lee and Shane Douglas. Everybody remember that. Well, that's coming in a minute. Douglas finally wins with Belly to Belly Suplex. So this means the masked man must be demasked, take his mask off. Yes. So he comes out in a ravishing robe. Mm-hmm. It says the ravishing man or something on the back. Um... He's about to be revealed, and then one of the riot guards comes in. Who, Lou? Who does he reveal himself to be? Edge. Oh wait, no, different. <laughs> ah, that was your big moment. Different one. No, he so, nine years yeah. too early. This is uh, yeah, Rick Rude. But I, yeah, I just never noticed it in uh, Edge at one night stand. I just thought he was just dressed as that because he couldn't, you couldn't see his face. I just never realised it was a callback to this event. Probably. Um, they were wearing the uh, wearing the same thing. So Rick Rude is a riot, is the riot guard. Um, 
He then attacks Shane uh, Shane Douglas. The masked man is Brian Lee. Yes. The the was it the bruiser Brian not primetime Brian Lee the bruiser Brian Lee. Was he also not the fake Undertaker? Yes, yes he was. Yes he was. Yeah. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh. And then interestingly, Brian Lee then choke slams Shane Douglas. So there's a bit going back to the Undertaker. Yeah. Far too long. Far too much going on. This was this was three or four fields all rolled into one. Let's get let's end this today. And then they added some more with Brian Lee turning on <laughs> triple threat. Yeah, it was quite the mess. Oh, it, especially when, and we'll get to this towards the end. This match went for 20 minutes. Eight minutes at best, this match. There were no in there. I don't think that pit bull could have gone any longer. Do you know what I mean? No. He was exposed, you could say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. I've just got, I got that far too long after. <laughs> All know. right. <laughs> uh, <ba-dum-dum>. <laughs> Absolutely no idea. Uh, well, maybe you should have listened to the last 10 minutes, Peters. Did you? I'm not explaining it, Peters. Listen <laughs> back <laughs> and you'll get it. I feel you it's about this Channel 5 thing that I've never heard of. What? You've never seen Pro Wrestling Exposed? Uh Uh, I mean, this is a story for another day, isn't it? Oh, well, that's going to be. When we finally release a Patreon, one of them will be Terry Peters' thoughts on on Pro Wrestling Exposed. (laughs) That's why I was very quiet when you were on about it, because I had no idea what the hell it is. He's lost, listen. Looks like a little lost puppy. Just thinking about my rat tail. Aren't you? <laughs> so yeah, he is distracted because for the rest of this show, he's going to be wondering what it's like life to be a rat tail. Oh, there he's, he's put An he's put a rat, rat on his head. Oh. <laughs> oh, this is this is good stuff. This and for for those for those of you who can't see at home, um, Terry Peters has just put a tight rat on his head to, <laughs> to simulate the rat tail, yeah. and it's uh it's frightening stuff, guys. I'll tell you that. <laughs> But enough about Terry Peters and his rat tail. <laughs> nice. Um, and we've gone. We got onto a Raven promo. So this is um, Raven. He's sat on a stairwell doing his sort of Raven gimmick. So um, he's like the leader of a cult, isn't he? Um, what annoyed me about this, I don't know if any of you two thought the same, was uh, you, the shadows let him down, so you could see people walking past. Did you know? Did any of you two notice that? <laughs> I did not, to be honest. No. <laughs> you could that, see that, like the camera attention that, to detail, like walking you. past. Yeah, and once I'd seen that, I thought, oh, that's took me right out. Yeah, but we're going from a Raven, Raven promo into another promo, and this is Taz and Bill Alfonso. Oh, I hate Bill Alfonso just before we start. What he is, uh, he is annoying, isn't he? Well, I suppose um, that's what he's supposed to do, isn't it? But we'll get on to that. Now. Yeah. Any thoughts on the two back-to-back promos? Why? Too long again. Yeah, too yeah. long. Promos are far too long. Unnecessary. Yeah. But two of them back to back as well. You would, well, you wouldn't have thought you'd do that nowadays anyway, would you? But it, yeah, just not for me that one. Yeah. I could understand it if they did, like, say, the three in the the upcoming three way dance match. If they did like, three promos back to back, because you see that sometimes, don't you? The same match. But Raven yeah. and Taz are different matches. Yeah. None the, of all, them, the older well, of it. Taz was coming up next, wasn't it? But. Why put the Raven one in there? But then when going to the next match, which is billed as one of the main events, uh, another grudge match. Apparently every week we do one of these shows, there's a grudge match in there. Hang on. Grudge match of the century. 
grudge match, sorry, grudge match of the century. We have got Taz against Sabu. And I believe Babu. I believe Taz and Sabu were partners and then there was a whole business where Sabu missed some ECW shows to go work in New Japan. Um he was fired by him and, and Taz called him out. I think this is how it started. So Taz has been calling him out for ages. I think even while Taz was injured, he was calling out Sabu. But then obviously not wrestling to sort of cover up his injury. Yeah. I think that this is how this, this started. why it's such a good match. Taz comes out. And at this time, if anybody doesn't know ECW, Taz is basically Brock Lesnar, isn't he? Taz is the, the, the big dog. Um, well. He's not. <laughs> Definitely not the big dog. No, but he comes. His legs are huge, aren't they? Give him that. I mean, yeah, big, big thighs. Massive thighs. Yeah, he's, he's a, he's a big for a short lad. He's a big lad. So Taz uh, enters the ring, and then Sable turns up. <laughs> I went nowhere. Yeah, that was that was weird. I was kind of hoping to hear his like his WWE music as well, because I think it's great. Yeah, yeah, I like Sabu's music. I think you could tell that Taz is one of the only ones that wasn't overdubbed because he had his own music. Yes. And he's the which is why you could hear the crowd when he was coming out. Yeah. But yeah, I was able to hear Sabu's WWE music disappointing. So Joey Styles sort of um but he says to me Sabu just can't wait to get into it. That he doesn't have an entrance. Yeah, it just pops up out of nowhere. Yeah, like, okay, he just comes up. Um Joey Styles also is he's, he's bigging up the Taz mission, the the chokehold that Taz does at this time, which is probably one of the most protected moves in, in wrestling in ninety seven. A good match, I thought. Um, again, another one that maybe went a little bit too long. There were some horrendous spots in there, but that, for me, I don't know about you two, this is the first time this it really got extreme. This was the first match you would think, yeah, that was definitely an ECW match. Lou, what, what did you think of Taz Sabu with a grudge match? Yeah, I think so. I was expecting kind of weapons all the way through the match. Oh, not all the way through the match, all the way through the event. Yeah. Um, so yeah, which to be fair was like not a terrible thing because he left something to do in the main event. Yeah. So uh, all the main events, as it were, because I guess it was free if you count the, the two matches after this as well. Yeah. Was, no, I, I kind of enjoyed it. Again, it's another one where if you're there, it's probably better. I can imagine just kind of being like, oh my god, like when it's kind of happened like right next to you. And that's kind of what happens with these small intimate shows. Yeah. Really enjoy. I will say that I'm not sure if it was just Bill Alfonso, but. There was the whistle that went all the way through the match. That is Bill That is Bill Alfonso. Yeah, that's what he does. Yeah, yeah. That's, 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 yeah. I, I think there was a couple in the crowd as well, because there was a couple of times where he was on camera not whistling. Right. Yeah, I, I, I was still a whistle. Like, gonna tell, but it was very distracting, I thought, to the point where it, it was very detrimental to the match, to me at least. That, yeah. That's what that's what he does, though. That he, he's, I don't yeah. know why he did it, but that's what he's always done to ECW. But I agree with you. I've wrote down in my notes that he's just the most annoying thing ever. Yeah, but I suppose if he's a heel, that's what he's supposed to do. Yeah, I suppose it's supposed to be annoying, yeah. so he's doing it quite well. There was yeah, there was some pretty brutal spots in the match. I mean, Sabu gets uh, bust open the nose within the matter of minutes. That's the first meant sort of bit of blood as well, isn't it? And it and it's accidental. I believe the crowd was chanting. Um, we should have gone and said that on it in the Shin Douglas match. The crowd was chanting, "We want blood" in the Douglas match. Which never came. A lack of weapons, but um, until the end. But uh, yeah, Sabu was bust open early on. Uh, he jumps into the crowd at one point doing his like sort of famous chair in the ring, off the chair onto the ropes into the crowd. 
Um, I think he gets suplexed into the car. <laughs> Basically, Sabu's getting chucked about by Taz, which yeah. I assume they both loved. And then we get to a Tazplex, and oh my god, Sabu's neck must be made of rubber. That oh. did not look good, did it? And they kept Painful. replaying it. They kept replaying yeah. it. That was that was awful to look yeah, at. That, that was not nice. So after that, Taz wins via Taz mission. Sabu passes out because I don't think tapping was a thing in ECW, was it? It wasn't a thing at all at this point in wrestling. Yeah. Weirdly. It was only when Ken Shamrock came to the WF that it really became a thing. I always presumed it was it was always a thing in wrestling. But no, it came from the UFC in the in the late nineties. I guess in uh, UFC, isn't it? It's tap or snap. Yeah, but before then it was just kind of quitting and um or passing out. Yeah, but it was yeah. it was Ken Shamrock who brought that in. Because uh, yeah, in uh, sort of like UFC and combat sports is uh because someone's got you in an armbar, you, you don't tap out because it's hurting you, you tap out because they're going to rip your arm out the socket <laughs> yep. if you don't tap. So they tap immediately, and they're not in that yep. hold for ages like they are in wrestling. All right, just, going, just going back to Taz's mission, Sabu actually blocked one as well, didn't he? Yeah. He, he sort of had... Finally, I'm... Re- yeah. yeah, I don't know if it's a reverse or if or if the blocking, but they, they said that's the first time it's ever happened. So I don't, that obviously then, to me, propelled Sabu quite a lot because if it's saying he's the first person to ever do that it strengthens him but doesn't really weaken the move either particularly yeah I thought this this match went they made them both look made Taz and Sabu look good so Sabu would look good because his sort of offense is sort of like catches the eye on it but whereas Taz sort of ground him down in the end and no one no one gets out of the Taz mission um, so after the, the match is finished, uh, so interestingly, uh, the medical professionals go to help Sabu and he like shakes him off straight away, mm-hmm. which sort of then fits Sabu's character, isn't it? Because he was a homicidal, suicidal, genocidal Sabu, isn't he? Yeah. Death defying Sabu. Yeah. Um, Sabu. Taz is a promo and says. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Taz does a promo uh, and he sort of says, oh, that was the fight at the. Like best fight I've ever had, the hardest match I've ever had. Sabu uh, gets up, shakes his hand, and then he raises his hand, and then the the hugging and out of nowhere, RVD enters. It was uh, Sabu's tag team partner at the time. He attacks Taz, and Sabu was a bit like conflicted. Shall I shall I do it? I've just had this moment of respect with him, but then he just thinks, ah, screw it. Because <laughs> they are former tag partners, Sabu and Taz as well. Well, yeah, yeah as I said earlier, um, if you're listening, Peters, twice now. DL. <laughs> Sabu and Taz were tag team partners until Sabu left him to go wrestling New Japan on the pay-per-view. I'll, I'll, edit, the that. I'll edit that bit out. <laughs> Peters. No, don't edit it out. Keep it in so people know what we have to deal with. <laughs> Two professionals and one guy with a rat tail. <laughs> Nowhere with a rat tail. <laughs> hey, we've had, we've had complaints about that. Be careful. <laughs> um... So then, yeah, Sabu joins in the attack. Um, they then uh, get the table out. They lay Taz on the table. Sabu goes uh, goes for his sort of jump, gets it wrong, <laughs> does it again, and just sort of falls <laughs> onto him. Gets it wrong again, doesn't it? Yeah, just sort of falls. And then um, everyone's favourite everyone's favorite guy, uh, Bill Alfonso, is in the ring. It looks like he's going to take on Sabu and RVD. He removes a Taz shirt. Removes another Taz T-shirt, and he's got a Sabu shirt on there all along. So Bill Alfonso's now aligned himself with RVD and Sabu. And there's another RVD promo. 
And I thought this was great. He says he loves to work Mondays, <laughs> which really riled up the crowd up. They went seventeen. Really minutes. Joey Styles up as well. Yeah, it went no, uh, what, what seventeen minutes in all. Yeah. Do we? Do, do you think this was about right or too long? Or actually, I mean, even though I've said like everything on this show has been too long, I actually thought this one was all right. You know, it's the semi semi main, as it were. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the 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 bit afterwards went on for a bit too long for me, and it didn't make a lot of sense either. You know it. Bill Alfonso's actions would have made sense if Sabu won. Yeah. But he lost. And it's like, I just wasted a year with you, Taz. It's like, well, he's won every match. <laughs> like, yeah. Does that make any sense? What did you say? He wasted a year with Taz because Taz was out for a year? I don't know what it was. It was just was about, I think there was about an 18-month build-up to this match, which will include that year of the injury. Yeah. Yeah. But so yeah I can only assume but, that's what he's referring to. But Taz still won. It just didn't make, it didn't make, for me, it didn't make sense. Just a bit odd. Stating the facts, but, you know, it was, it was what it was. It was uh, actually no, actually, quite, I, I enjoyed it. It was kind of like your classic, what you expect ECW to be. I I enjoyed it. I two yeah. two um, my favorite ECW characters. Yeah, there was the bit where um, Sabu went up for the at the end, uh, the, when he put him, put Sats through the table like after the match had finished, where he went yeah. for it once, fell off. Went for it again. Went for it again. Fell off. And then, like, halfway down, he was like, well, you know, I just kind of just, like, just fought away. I'll just die three times. Which was appallingly bad. But but I'm kind of glad he didn't go for a third attempt because that would have really killed it. To be fair, um, I've watched a lot of Sabu matches and that happens more often than you would think. He does it twice. Yeah. (laughs) Sabu, Sabu, isn't it? (laughs) Are you going to tell him? I didn't know. I don't know if he's just well into his gimmick where the man looks crazy. <laughs> um, so after that match, um, Joey Styles has been on commentary on his own all the way through, um, and he's joined by uh, Tommy Dreamer and Beulah McGillagutty. I'll say this now, so we don't say it for the match. Um, Joey Styles might as well have carried on commentary on his own. <laughs> I, I feel like somehow Tommy Dreamer took away from a one-man booth. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't... <laughs> I, I, th- I thought, prior to this, I thought, Joey Styles, as good as I thought he was, and I get his, that that's the, he's the voice of ECW, he needs somebody else there with him, because I just think you need two booths to play off each other. Yeah, and it's, I it, don't it's think that guy should be Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, it's like, oh my God, and it's like, oh, mate, it's just kicked off. Yeah. yeah. As he said, his attitude problems all the way through the show, as I've discussed. <laughs> that is one thing I don't Joey like Styles. about Joey Styles, is his high-pitched voice, where he just says something, and it's just like, there's no need to say it in that annoying, stupid voice. It really does wind me up when he does that. Uh, I think he must have been sort of like, someone made a soundbite of it, aren't they? So then you, you've got to carry it on, and yeah. He must have done it once. And then that's his thing now. So he's got yeah. to do it all the time, isn't it? But yeah, Dreamer and... I don't think Bueller even says all the shit, but she's there. Yeah, no, it says she's on commentary, but she literally doesn't say a word the entire, yeah. the entire yeah. time. There was some, uh, I won't repeat them, some appalling chants from the crowd. <laughs> so Dis- just, uh, Disgusting. They were all aimed at Francine as well. Disgusting. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, it was, the crowd was 99% male and, and white. Yeah. Um, it's not aged well at all. No. Yeah, but that's the night, isn't it? Interesting to single that Devon right at the beginning as well, just saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so we go into the main event. So Tommy Dream is on commentary because yeah, he gave up his spot in the in well not the main event, the sort of prelude to the main event. He gave up his spot for his mentor, yeah, the fifty-three year old Terry Funk. So <laughs> Terry Funk will be taking on the Sandman, 
and uh, said earlier, the BWO's Stevie Richards. This is a number one contender match uh, to face Raven, who's going to on the same night. Uh, it's a elimination three way dance, so one person will get eliminated, they'll go to a singles match, and then the the winner will face Raven straight away. The BWO come out first with. I didn't realise that the BWO ever had an imitation Rodman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thomas, I didn't Thomas Rodman. That. <laughs> just, it, the BWO were great. And the they were all hair. The bleach blonde hair yeah. was incredible. The fans the fans absolutely ate it up, didn't they? The BW, you can't say the BWO were over. Sandman comes out. Um, He's already bust open before the cameras get on him. <laughs> then bust himself open even more with a beer can. This his entrance isn't as good without Metallica. It just sort of seemed to go on for a long time. I noticed that, and do you know what those pants he's wearing? Well, it looks like he's killed a zebra. <laughs> yeah, the like, they were awful. There's but a name did... for him. They like sort of parachutey pants, aren't they? Oh, they were terrible. They were bloody awful. Um, but I did notice Joey Styles said tonight the Sandman can be in extreme, extreme as he wants to be, so which suggests that he's restri- being restricted in other companies. But I'd, I'd, whether he has been in other companies at this maybe point, that I was don't the, know, uh, maybe the, like you said earlier, they had to turn down the TV to get onto pay per view. But the, yeah, but then once they're on, they can do what they want, can't they? Well, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Because I think is it on them. Um, Rise and Fall, obviously, the him and say they thought they were legit. Yeah. Didn't realise it was sort of like wrestling. They thought it was like the UFC, which at the time people didn't want to show they do, which is madness now compared to how big it is. But yeah, Sandman gets bust up and uh, then Terry Funk comes out. <laughs> he's yeah, great. Right. He's great. The man's a genius and he's a two wrestling careers. I know he's had Terry Funk the wrestler and Terry Funk the sort of deathmatch expert. Has Terry Funk ever looked any different as to what he does in this match? Oh, I think I'm pretty sure he was born at like 70. And he's yeah. just looked 70 throughout his, his full life. I can only assume Amarillo, Texas, where he's from, is just a hard place where you just don't change. You just look old when you come out of the womb. Yeah, I think, yeah, very, if you've got an issue with the Funk, yeah. The Funk's going to mess you up, are they? Yeah, very difficult to get directions to that place. So, um, as we said earlier, the, the Taz and Sabo match was the first time it got extreme. This match definitely did get extreme. Uh, so yeah. they, they, they start off, there's a lot of slapping. <laughs> Steve, Steve Richards does look really out of place, doesn't he? But I guess that's the story. Sandman leaves, comes out, gets a ladder, and then just lobs it into the ring. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and it looked horrible. <laughs> but you know when this happens, you just think, right, well, business is about to pick up because this is what ECW is, isn't it? It's people just going and getting these weapons and then just, like you say, lobbing them into the ring, like he did with the trash can, which we'll get to a bit yeah, later on. Yeah, one of my criticisms on the ladder is, and this is a, an issue with sort of indie feds, um, WWE's ladders have the same amount of steps on either side, and if you have a sort of a poorer indie fed, they just buy like a painter's ladder, and you can only climb up one, only climb up like one side. This, oh, that was that was bought that afternoon. That ladder. Yeah. No, yeah, getting away this from was that. a bit better because there was, but there was only like four steps on one side, wasn't they? So they had to put it in the corner so they could climb up the ropes to get on top of the ladder. Um, I mean, they used it. Uh, Funk doesn't moonsault off it. Completely misses Stevie Richards, but it still it still looked absolutely glorious. It was my favourite spot in ladder matches, especially Terry Funk. In the, so he puts the ladder on his neck and he just spins. Oh, my God. 
What I loved about that was the referee. <laughs> just yeah. like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, fair play to Sandman. Well, he didn't put his hands up, did he? And the ladder was hitting him in the head. <laughs> it looked horrible. Oh, when he's when he's doing the spin thing, it, like you say, he's just no protection at all. It's quite unbelievable to watch, really, that they would do that. So they had um, they were doing moves with the ladders. They had this specific spot, and it come up twice in this match. Yeah, sort of a seesaw ladder. So they put the ladder over the ropes or the guardrail. And there's one in the guardrail. Stevie Richards is in the crowd and someone just jumps out the ring and hits the ladder. Obviously, to sort of make it seesaw and hit Stevie Richards, but there was no security in that crowd. You know, when WWE goes into the crowd, the security there, everyone move back, everyone move back. Yeah. There was no one. And his ladder's just going flying. And then no, there, was, there was one little old guy in like a leather jacket. Oh, so there was security. It was like, <laughs> move back, please. The wrestlers are trying to wrestle. But it didn't really happen. Um, and the ladders are going, and I'm thinking, Christ, I've never bought your front row ticket there. <laughs> Good say, that, that ladder definitely clocks someone in that third row, didn't it? And then there's another there's another one where it's on the ropes, and I think this is Terry Funk and, uh, Terry Funk and Steve Richards are in the ring, and Sandman jumps off the top rope onto the ladder, and the ladder literally goes over the side of the ring and into the crowd. <laughs> thinking, Christ. <laughs> Uh, but Sandman goes to get some more weapons. Um, he throws a trash can <laughs> straight at Terry Funk's head. <laughs> that is incredible precision. Sorry, not only is it because this is extreme, not only is it a trash can, it's a trash can covered in steel. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it looked like a trash can inside of a trash can to me. But then we get our first elimination. So there's a bit of a double team on Stevie Richards. Um, they hit him with a double team power bomb. They both go for the pin, which I liked. Well, that was good. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Stevie Richards is out. He's Sad. he's out. He's leaving. Um, I think Sam Manitz him after his left on it again, just for, just for good measure. Just for banner. Yeah. And then, this is what I was saying earlier with the streamers. Sandman goes under the ring to get some barbed wire. <laughs> Somebody obviously doesn't know that that barbed wire is there. So the just right oh i need to get rid of all these streamers so we'll just sweep them under the ring so they've swept them under the ring so when sandman brings out this barbed wire you can't even see the barbed wire <laughs> he just brings out a load of streamers and blessing him and terry funk are trying to rip the streamers off out they? But it looked like an extreme christmas decoration it, yeah it, it, it was this and it's this was where the match like sort of really picked up for me because uh funk starts whipping sandman with barbed wire something i'll I'll never get used to seeing. Oh, on his yeah. bare back, wasn't it? Yeah. There was a oh, there was a bit where the camera caught it perfectly and it dug into him. Yeah. Funk ripping it back out. Uh, Sandman yes. uh, then then wraps himself up in the barbed wire and starts like charges Funk for a bit <laughs> because wrapped in the barbed wire. Uh, Stevie Richards, um, I guess he's, he's out of the match, but he comes back in here. Oh, sorry, just before we get there, Terry Funk has put a trash can on Sandman's head. <laughs> and then, I know it's, you don't see this off, it sort of bent the trash can so it fit his body, so he couldn't get it back off. <laughs> uh, Stevie Richards sort of aggrieved that Sandman hit him after he'd been eliminated, comes in, it's a Stevie kick on Sandman, he's still with a trash can on his head. <laughs> Funk hits a moonsault. So Funk will be facing Raven for the easy to be over time. We went 19 minutes in all. Terry Peters, what did we think of this match? 
Firstly, I noticed they were doing some chops in this match, and the crowd are wooing, which I thought was quite odd for this time, especially for a set uh, for a crowd that's sort of underground and likes to be extreme as what they are. So to woo, I think that's just a bit uh, odd. that's just one of wrestling's things, isn't it? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I just didn't realise it was a thing at this time. To be it fair. started because Shane Douglas used to take the piss out of Ric Flair doing it. Right. right. So okay. that's how it started. Right, okay. Well, that makes more sense to me now. But overall, yeah, I thought the match was really good. Like you said, this, to me, is how ECW should be. Just full of weapons and just complete carnage, really. Um, and when you when you think of the people in here, you do associate them with ECW as well, especially the Sandman. And to watch him come down just smoking, drinking his beer, smacking it on his head with his cane. That is just classic ECW I, for me. I would say, um, not, not I'm having to go at Steve Austin, but when Steve Austin drinks a beer, half of it goes down his chest. Sandman was genuinely drinking all them beers on <laughs> him. Barely anything left in his mouth. <laughs> but maybe, that, maybe that's how he could deal with being whipped to a bad wire. He just smashed. Dropping was, a few sandalizers. Time, I, time I, I saw him do it, I thought... Oh, he's, he's full of muscle. And he did another one, and I think, you know what? Sandman, fair play. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, he's still doing it backstage at any shows now and berating women's wrestling, but yeah. Yeah, um, yeah but uh, uh, that side, though, did you enjoy this uh, three-way dance? I did. I did. Tommy Jima's commentary was uh, a particular highlight for me. <laughs> that's No, that's a lie. In fact, no, I can't remember if it was this match or the next match afterwards where uh, Joey Styles asked him something and Sorry, just because I don't want to commentate right now. I just want to watch. Like, this what, the next match. This the next what are you doing? Match. What are you doing up there, then, Tommy? What yeah, are you doing well, up there? Well, yeah, and then he says, doesn't he? He says he doesn't want to commentate, and then commentates <laughs> on the match. But yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> it yeah. wasn't good. But uh, the um, Terry Funk win, sort of a surprise winner. It's, what what are, you, what are your opinions on the fifty-three-year-old Terry Funk though? <laughs> I just, I just, I don't remember him ever being young. He's just he's just always been old. What I what I find more amazing was like I'm just like I was thinking of like obviously you know after I had the the great breakthrough of noticing that the Rick Rude was wearing what Edge was wearing uh, nine years later. I just had this thing of like shit. Terry Funk was doing that nine years later, so he'd been like what sixty two. Like, has he retired now? Like, I know he's had the no, most retirement matches I in any. He, I was going to say, I think he's retired about four times, and I don't believe he's actually retired he's yet. The, it is a running joke, and he's had the most retirement yeah. matches in in wrestling. I think he had yeah. a match with Lawler. He did. I don't know when, and none, not one of them threw a punch in it or something like that. Oh, there was a move. There was some. Steve Austin was talking about. Oh my god! Like, I'm, you know what? Let's, let's Google him. Sorry. He's seventy-five years old. He's <laughs> seventy-five years old. Well, I guess. It's in his blood, and he don't, he don't know how to do what else. According to his Wikipedia page, he's not yet retired. I don't think yeah. he'll ever retire. He might no, be a player. He'll never, he'll never well, retire. it looks like his, his last match was 2017, so, you know. So maybe that, it's that, that, that means there's one. That means there's one primed and ready after coronavirus. Where, where he teed with the, the Rock and Roll Express. Grace. <laughs> oh, the match nobody's asking for him. <laughs> where they beat Doug Gilbert, Jerry Lawler, and Brian Christopher. Rest in peace. But via disqualification. Yeah. All right. Um, but he's still going strong here at 50. Sort of his in, Indian summer, isn't it? This, <laughs> his second wind is maybe fifth or sixth wind. Because he's already had a full career where he was NWA champion at this point. He's already yeah. had his Hall of Fame it's, career, hasn't he? It's weird that this, can, this has kind of overshadowed his entire NWA run, really. It's like if you think of Ric Flair now, no Ric Flair. 
tell you Frank now, in terms of people our age, you just think of the old guy wrapping himself in power wire around the match funk though, yeah. 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 Don't forget he had a run in WWE after this as well, where he's Chainsaw Charlie with Cactus yeah. Jack. Yeah. So he had another WWE run in him as well. I don't know how long it lasted particularly, yeah. but to go to WWE age probably 54 at a time is unbelievable. Well, then did he not go back? He was definitely there, wasn't he, during the Mankind Undertaker match, which we'll get, I'm sure we'll get to because there's I a mean, great be, spot yeah. where he genuinely gets chokeslammed out of his shoes. <laughs> he, unt- he, he unties his shoes, doesn't he? So when he gets hit, he can flick his shoes off. <laughs> and to be fair, with Chainsaw Charlie, he had a pair of tights on his actual head as well. <laughs> Actually had tights on his head. I mean, yeah, come sense. on, come on, Funk. Mankind's just been chucked off the top <laughs> and then through yeah. the cell. And you and nobody's bothered about if your shoes come off. <laughs> <laughs> so Terry Funk is the winner, and immediately Raven is on top of him. And according to reports, this was because they ran out of time. They didn't have time for a Raven entrance. Because like every match went on like you know. Yeah. Too long. Well, this this like main event. It, it, um, we'll we'll get into it in a minute, but it only went seven minutes. Yeah. Could have gone longer. And then you think of all the time they wasted. If they'd have took ten minutes off that, um, off the Douglas match. Yeah, I mean, could have... oh, just like if they took like you know two hours off each promo. Yeah, <laughs> it could have, it could have, because there was a lot. Well, we'll get into it now, but there was a lot went on in this match. So Ravens out immediately. Um, I've even wrote that one. Dreamer doesn't want to commentate anymore. <laughs> yeah, and all the first like, no, I, I want to interview, but I can't. Like, oh, just... <laughs> Yeah, um, Terry Funk gets bust open badly. I mean, he looks he looks bad, doesn't he? He's oh, yeah. just like a shell of an old man. man. Yeah. He actually yeah. sent a doctor down as well, didn't he? I don't know if that was legit or for an in- the injury like we saw with some earlier the other week when we watched Dallas Takeover, or if that was just to try and make t- ha- Terry look a bit more hardcore. It, yeah, I think it was to make it a little hardcore, wasn't it? Yeah. I was going to say... Getting stopped. Well, no, I wasn't suggesting it was getting stopped, but just to send a doctor down, it doesn't see, seem right in ECW, which made me wonder if it maybe was a bit more real. Well, I don't, I'll, um, I don't think it was real, because um, later on, Raven doesn't move, well, punches the doctor. So the doctor yeah, was clearly... True. True. Um, but yeah, I mean, Terry Funk, he, he's an old 53 as well, isn't he? You know what I mean? It's a long hair, isn't it? Yeah, well, like AJ Styles, how old AJ Styles? He's like mid-40, isn't he? Yeah, I don't think he yeah. won't look that bad in ten years. Lossy in it though. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He ain't gonna look that old, is he? No, he's, he's probably using like a Pantene or something somewhere. <laughs> Other yeah. shampoos available. Yeah, he's gonna do what works for you. Um, so Gary, yeah, Funk. Gary Fructus. So Funk's uh, <laughs> That's one with aloe vera. Do you remember that advert? Aloe vera. What about toilet roll? Is it toilet roll? Oh, there's toilet roll on it. Is it? I don't know. But, uh, do you remember toilet roll? What do you need aloe vera toilet roll for? Smooth ass. 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 Smooth Terry Peters has got hemorrhoids. <laughs> no, Terry Peters has not got hemorrhoids. It's, a, it's official. You heard it here first. Terry Peters does not have hemorrhoids. Just something else. <laughs> just, it, a rat, Terry... just a rat tail on the bald spot. <laughs> Done it. Terry Peters in a soul campaign. 
Simon. Outrageous. Right. God, this is this has gone further south than I would have liked. <laughs> Let's get back to the match, because there's enough is enough. So does, so does hemorrhoids appears. <laughs> oh god. There's enough going on in this match. They don't need any of our shenanigans as well. Um, so Raven puts sets up its blood, tries to set up a table outside. Can't can't do it because the crowd have pushed the the rail too far forward, so he can't put it on. So he gets another table out, sort of hoping maybe that one will be a bit better. <laughs> and there's a point where the crowd are actually trying to pull the barrier back so he can fit it on properly. <laughs> Uh, they can't do it, so he just sort of lays it on the apron and the rail, um, puts Terry Funk on it, and then I thought the best move of the full pay-per-view was Raven's elbow drop. So he's in the ring, he runs the ropes, jumps over the top, and lands an elbow onto Dreamer, and not Dreamer, onto Raven. No, onto Terry Funk. God. <laughs> Raven onto Terry. Sorry, you're from. I like to think now that was really Terry's hemorrhoids. <laughs> The Raven does an elbow drop from the inside of the ring onto the outside through its table. And I just I thought that was the best move of the full full pay-per-view. I just thought it looked so clean. Uh, then Raven's nest, not his flock, his nest, because I think his flock was WCW on there, wasn't it? Yeah. Raven's nest was ECW. They come out and then <laughs> this is gonna sound horrible. Was that a woman who beat up Funk? Yeah, it was, and she was the keynote speaker at Terry Funk's presentation the night before. There you go. There's a bit of research yeah. for you. Hang on, what was what was he doing at present? Was he doing a TED talk? Was it? Uh, it was some or some awarded guy. I have no idea what the hell it was, but she, was, be, the key, she was the keynote speaker. She was quite big in Japan, apparently. Uh, right. She's quite big here as well. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> oh, We're better than that. Wrestling around, are better than that. <laughs> Uh, was he getting it? It must have been Hall of Fame because he, he, he must have been in. He must be in every wrestling Hall of Fame going. Ah, sorry, I've lost these two. This is this is absolute anarchy at the end. We've done so well. Let's have a look. Let's, let's Google Terry Funk. Absolute Frank. anarchy. It's fell apart like a cheap watch. The <laughs> <laughs> third week running. Ah, it's not. It's never fell apart this bad. <laughs> Christ. Um, yeah, so Raven's nest come out, um, Funk's then beat up, and this is the point where, despite him saying repeatedly he's not going to get involved, Dreamer gets up off comms. He bloody gets before, involved, doesn't he? Before we get to the next bit, Lou, did you find out what it was? Uh, no. No. So, so Terry Funk is at some unnamed dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hopefully a barbecue. Where, where this woman well, was now... He was, in the, he was in the Wrestler Observer newsletter. Hall of Fame, nineteen ninety six. But maybe they just had it late. Possibly. Maybe. That's the only thing I can find. Um right. Well anyhow, there was a keynote speaker there, this as we discussed big woman. <laughs> she beat him up, so that's so a dreamer said, No, I wasn't gonna get involved, but enough's enough. He gets up off comms. And then out of nowhere. Dreamers are about to get involved. Out of nowhere. They're running that I don't think anybody was asking for. The return of Big Dick Dudley. <laughs> Absolutely. And then Big Dick Dudley is got the trash can. What's he doing with the trash can? Yeah. <laughs> so he is. He is Dreamer with a trash can. Dreamer, he picks Dreamer back up, goes to choke on him off this sort of commentary sort of stage. So everybody who hasn't seen it, the commentary 
is done obviously done away from the ring and there's it's sort of upper level and there's like a little chain. I think Dreamer rips the chain off, doesn't he? Basically, Big Dudley wants to uh, wants to choke slam off there. Um, Dreamer reverses it, does the worst choke slam I've ever seen onto Dudley through at least two or three tables stacked on top of each other. <laughs> so Dudley's come back, <laughs> chokes land off the top, and then there's and then there's Dreamer who's going to get involved in the match. Peters, Big Dick Dudley, what do we think of his his cameo appearance? Why? Just it, what was that about? I mean, where did it even come from? Somebody needs to go through a table, I guess. Is it like well, yeah, somebody must go through a table? True. Uh, Lou, Big Dick Dudley, are you, are you a fan? <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> nah. But it, it was good to see him go. It was good to see someone go through a table. That's what you want to see from. Uh, it ECW. was a big, it was a big fall, wasn't it? it was, big balcony, big balcony spot. I mean, it was the point where I thought this is chaos. Um, again, <laughs> again though, is that not what you associate with ECW? Because even yeah. the opening VT package, they showed the scaffold match where someone gets lobbed off the top and just goes through mountains of tables. And yeah. I think this was this way, the pay, this way of getting one on a pay per view. Big spot. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so Dreamers landing him. He's then on the comment. Uh, on Coming down from the commentary balcony, uh, Raven's still in the ring. Um, he's just sort of around, distracted by Dreamer. Dreamer comes in and hits what they said was a DDT. Didn't look like a DDT. Uh, it didn't look like a DDT. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so Raven run the ropes, tried to do a move, and it was more of like a was it a flatliner, isn't it? Where he sort of just drives the head into the floor. It wasn't it definitely wasn't Tommy Dreamer a Dreamer DDT. And then Funk gets a two count. The bell rings. Everybody thinks Funk has won. <laughs> he hasn't won. <laughs> yeah. So they get and then, up and fight a bit, and then Funk gets a small package and wins. Yeah. It was like seconds later. It was, it was, yeah. It, it was shit. Yeah, it, it was. It was I, I don't know if it was a mistake. I don't know. I think the bell guy. I, yeah, I don't know. If, was Raven maybe Raven trying to kick out on three, but the ref yeah. hadn't got there quick enough. Yeah. Which is it's what you don't see now, but you see it back then. Yeah. Yeah, but everyone was trying to get themselves out, weren't they? It reminded me of um, a house show I went to um, in, in Sheffield in 2000, 2008. It might have been 2007. That's not really important. But William Regal versus Santino Morella, and he, he did the knee tremble. He got a two count. I don't know, I think the Morella's had fucked up, so he just pinned him again. He got a three count. And, this, like, and we were like, Ooh, yeah. This is very similar. It was just like, uh, I don't know. I mean, it didn't really take away from what happened because it was the carried on as normal. No one really cared, but it was yeah. just a bit, it, was, it was a bit odd. It was because the crowd cheered because the ring got the ring bell got sounded in it. So yeah, somebody it, it made it sound yeah. Worse. Someone someone fucked up somewhere. But all that madness of the Raven Terry Funk match, <laughs> seven minutes long. Yeah, and that's all it needed to be. Didn't need to go any longer. I mean, Terry Funk was at this point. He'd, uh, do you not think it deserved a bit more? I thought maybe that, couldn't, he could have pushed that to 10 minutes by taking some of the others off. It couldn't have done. If you, 10 seconds after this feed was cut, the whole But that's what I'm saying. The, but the 10 seconds after the feed was cut, the whole electrics in the building blew out. So if it had happened in the middle of that match, yeah, they would not have had a pay-per-view. So they had to, they knew it had to be a short match yeah. because they were already running over time. And then if they'd have gone any longer... Because they put bollocks Shane Douglas on. Well, that's what I'm saying. Minutes, 
then the thingy. But because of that, I agree it should have gone on longer. It should have gone on. I thought it should have gone on longer. I don't. I don't think it needed to go. Shaved down some of the other matches. I don't think it needed to go longer. I really, I really don't. It was they had everything. At that point, yeah, your crowd's pretty tired. You kind of need the just non-stop action, total non-stop action. I suppose though, when you think about yeah, it, think it's it's a 19-minute match before it, then a seven-minute match. That's quite a long main event, really. Yeah, like, it, it Terry Funk's been out there for a while. And he's 53 years yeah. old. He's, he's lost a lot of blood. I just think the, the time management throughout the full thing was... Oh, no, it was absolutely a But ECW look a bit amateur, I thought. You know what I mean? The whole thing was goddamn amateur. Like... I still like go back to the title cards where the fight left an inch of one side of the screen. Yeah. Where you can still see what's going on behind or, or you know, Joey Styles' suit. <laughs> <laughs> but nevertheless, solid pay per view for me. Peters, as we found out last week, ECW fan, um, would, if you would give it a rating or a grading, what would you say? Would you summarise the event? What, what did you think? I enjoyed it as an event. Like I say, I think Shane Douglas went on a bit too long, which then maybe detracted from the length of the other matches could have gone on. But they were quite lucky, really, because 10 seconds, like I just said, after the feed went, the whole building electrics tripped or blew. So it could not have been timed any better in that sense, which would have cost, obviously, ECW a lot of money. Um, but I, if I was going to give it a score, maybe... 7.8, something like that. Wow. <laughs> That's weirdly specific. Yeah, <laughs> Only because I think the the Michinoku Pro Wrestling match went on a little bit too long for me, and the Shane Douglas match went far too long, which then, like I say, affected the others, and because the promos went, or the, the video packages weren't the best. And then, yeah, seven, well, 7.8 from Peter's. Um, I'd potentially maybe give it a bit less, 6.5 uh, out of 10, I'd say. It was, it was good. There was some good matches. It was more good than bad. Um, but it just sort of, yeah, the, the, I think the bad dragged it down, Lou. What was your overall thoughts on maybe give us a score? Uh, five. Yeah. Five. No, just just meh, was it? Uh, just dragged a bit for me. I think some, some matches, especially maybe the last three we're quite good. If you watch them individually on like a compilation DVD or not, you can kind of see why everyone still loves these to be now. Yeah. But you kind of, yeah, the 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 half of the show for me was a bit, yeah, just the 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 promos kind of dragged on way too long. I I, I know I keep banging on about it, and like everyone's probably listening, thinking, well, this guy's you know dragging on too long talking about goddamn promos. But yeah, just went on a bit too long for me. Some of the matches went a bit too long. There's, there's not a lot of heat in some of them. Especially the Michinoku Pro match. Like, I, it's classic in terms of, of what they're doing in the ring, and there were some good spots in there, like, you know, posing on top of their opponents and stuff. It was really good stuff. But, yeah, overall, I don't know. For some reason, you know, it was like a standard pay-per-view length, two hours, five, five minutes. It felt like it took a long time for me to watch. Yeah. 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 Some of the matches did seem long, and I think that's important to remember about ECW. I think most of ECW's fans, people didn't see ECW at the time. So people have watched it since, and they yeah. watch compilation DVD, so they see the very best of ECW. They don't see Shane Douglas against Pitbull Number Two. I think yeah. that's important. To, I think that's important to remember. They don't see the the the, uh, the badly put title cards and the, and the, the the promos that have gone on for a minute too long. They don't see all that. So you just see the yeah. the best. Of, you watch a DVD, the best of the ECW, so you obviously see the best matches. But I thought it was good for a fest. You got to remember, this is their first ever pay per view. 
So yeah. you've got to you've got to give them some for that. Um, I think yeah, if they just trim trim the fat basically, get rid of a bit of unnecessary content, I think they can. They definitely have better pay per views afterwards. But yeah, solid. Good. To, I'd say above average. <laughs> no, well, yeah, your, your yeah. face disagrees. It was what it was to me. Like it, it would have been like if the main event, like they could have done something special with it. You know, maybe put like a few cages on there, but it's some sort of Tower Doom match. Okay, get, for get me, over it. Not happening that again. Was, that would have made it better. Uh. <laughs> uh, so, has it made you um, want to see more ECW, Will? As, as somebody who wasn't, to say, a big ECW fan? Uh, I watched a few. Like, you know, it's been, like for me, it was like, you know, you know, Marcus Collar at this point could have been, could have been Shamar. I thought, like, really, like, the, the zombie. Why is the zombie in this? Like, these people, these big ECW, these big ECW stars. Big Bobby show, Chip, big show, yeah. come out yeah. with the title. Yeah, Bobby, Bobby Lashley, Hardcore <laughs> Holly, something like that. Like, that would have been really good for me, but no, it, it was all right. Like, I'm not against watching, you know, watching ECW. Like, the shows are going to be harder to watch because the production quality is is lower. Like, it's, it's it reminded me a lot of, like, you know, I, I always talk about uh, WCW or Defiant Wrestling. You know, I can't count the amount of shows that there's that I went to in the end and kind of really enjoyed his crowd, but the shows that I actually watched on TV afterwards were probably like one or two because it just yeah. some some shows just kind of translate better in in real in real life than they do over the TV, and I guess this would have probably been one of those. Yeah, I think um, if you, if you're in the crowd, especially near the front, getting ladders chucked on you, you probably enjoyed <laughs> it hell of a lot. It's definitely a cult following, wasn't it? Yeah, like my mate Rob got. And hit, not not this guy who asked his name Terry, but he got hit in the face with a, a, a fence at a Defiant Show. <laughs> nice. Hands, hands down, one of the greatest things I've seen. Oh, lovely stuff. Um, so that was uh, ECW's Bell League. I'm sure we'll come to ECW again in the future. But next week, we're going to um, somewhere we haven't been yet. Um, well, we have been to WWE, but we're going to WWF. Is it still effort this time? Yes, yes, just, just. 2002. So the end of WWF. We're going to Backlash 2002. Lou, are we excited about our first WWF pay-per-view? I am, because this was in that weird transition period between one, between the Attitude Era and the Ruthless Regression Era, and more importantly for me, between it going off Channel 4 and getting Sky. So I haven't seen any of these shows in this kind of right. three or four-year period around it. So I am, I am looking forward to it. Uh, and then the week after that, we're going all the way back to 1998 for another WWF pay-per-view, In Your House, Unforgiven. Ted Peters, are you excited about Unforgiven? I believe it's the one with the Inferno match. It is the one with the Inferno match. I've only seen that match from the pay-per-view, so I'm quite looking forward to seeing what the rest of it's like, because obviously the big build-up is about that match. Yeah, two interesting times in uh, sort of WWF's history, obviously, also what we just said is after the invasion, so they bought WCW, so they've got a lot of wrestlers that don't know what to do with any of them. 98, they're definitely in the midst of the of the Monday Night Wars. 98, with it was near the end of the streak, wasn't it? The 83 week streak, so. Yes. So obviously, pulling out all the stops. But this has been ECW. I've enjoyed it. Hopefully, everybody else has enjoyed it. If you're Want to contact us on social media? We are on Twitter and Instagram as at Rest Around. That's W R E S Around. Uh, we are on Facebook as Wrestling Around. If you've got any questions you want to ask us, then uh, 
wrestling around at outlook.com that's wrestling around at outlook.com you can leave her as a review um say you're in the peter's posse or peter's should definitely get a rat tail yeah <laughs> um, like we said we are now international so say peter's has gone well but I, copious amounts of fans in south africa <laughs> you can't yeah. even count them all we pretty much took over the us you know the what I mean? hashtag vuvuzela's out for peter's yeah, Vuvuzela's Vuvuzel, Vuvuzel, out for Peters. He's gone. He's gone big. He's gone big. And hopefully, um, well, I was going to say next week. Peters will have a rat tail, but it's going to take him a while to grow it, isn't it? <laughs> so, so it come back in twelve weeks' time and say Peters love a rat tail. Uh, Peters, where can we find you on um, social media? On Twitter at Rob L ninety two or Tez Peters. It's weird that you, you, you every Robert, week you you, you put, who is it always Robert and what's it got yeah. over here? <laughs> yeah, no uh, I'm just pushing it. I'm just pushing it. It must be must be, oh God. I've been and on RL ninety two and it's and then I'm on Instagram at RL ninety two. That you've been pushing his own Instagram. <laughs> uh, my own Instagram. I've, got, I've got this gimmick one. <laughs> Lou, where can we find you? Yeah, uh, you can find me at all social medias at Lou Markham. But like we said last week, don't add him on Facebook. <laughs> or Snapchat, as someone did randomly this week. Please don't do that either. <laughs> just, you know, just Twitter and Instagram, please. Did you accept the Snapchat? I will accept maybe off Foursquare or Bieber. Right. Please just stick it to Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on Twitter as at the Ross M. Um, Where can we find you on Instagram? Yeah, at, at Ress Around. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram nice, at uh, Res around W R E S around. So in twelve weeks' time, the show in twelve weeks' time, Peter's have a rat tail, I'll dressed as a Power Ranger, and Ross will be on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. That's a bit unrealistic, isn't it? To get all of them three things together in twelve all weeks. All in twelve weeks' time. <laughs> Thank you all very much for listening. Please feel free to leave us a review. Tell us where you're listening in the wells, because we're we're all over. We can't keep up. Join us next week for Backlash or so. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Lou. Thank you, Terry. Thank you. And we shall see you next week. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.